The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian, and I'm so glad you can join us today on Truth and Love Radio. We are in part three of uh, what I believe to be an absolutely explosive series that I've titled The Obama-Clinton-Gate Scandal. Uh, From the title, you can tell that I believe that what we are experiencing right now with the cover-up of the Hillary Clinton uh, criminality, the email scandal, and the what I would agree is the frame up the, the 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 framing of President Trump in trying to frame him in this fake and phony Russian collusion story to really bury what the Obama administration was doing, which is spying on American citizens, uh, colluding and weaponizing. Uh, before colluding, they weaponized the FBI and the DOJ, which should th- that alone should should folks just. Put a little bit of fear of God in us that no one is safe if the institutions of our government and law enforcement. And again, I'm speaking to this, folks, not just as a pastor, but as a former police officer. That the law enforcement is supposed to be blind in in its uh, application of the law, in its application of justice, in its pursuit of the truth. And, And if that institution is going to be weaponized for political purposes uh, to not only exonerate one candidate, but then to frame a presidential candidate and an incoming president. Folks, we are in trouble. And that's what we're going to go into more detail here today on part three of our show. So buckle up. Uh, We'll get into more specific information. This can seem a little dry, but we'll, we'll try to Again, wrap everything up uh, as an overarching uh, narrative. I want you to understand that that I I support the narrative of many out there who are saying that the FBI and the Department of Justice basically conspired with the Democrat Party and specifically the Hillary Clinton campaign not only to exonerate her of the violations of the Espionage Act and breaking the law uh, in, in handling of classified information, which she should have gone to prison for, but in also working to prevent Donald Trump from becoming president, and when that didn't work, to frame him for a non-existent crime of collusion with Russia. The real collusion here is the Hillary Clinton campaign working with the Russians, working with the FBI, working with the Department of Justice, and working with Obama. I believe this goes all the way back to Obama in shutting down the investigation, of Hillary Clinton, and when shock happens and and Trump wins the campaign, then they got to figure out what they're going to do to stop Trump and to remove him from office. That's why the talks of impeachment uh, were right out the gate, and that hasn't worked. Now the talks are about the violation of the 25th Amendment, saying that he's unfit for office. That doesn't seem to be working. He, He passed his physicals and mental evaluation with flying colors. And God help us if they're planning something worse, potentially uh, an assassination. I I would not put anything past the deep state in this nation. So, folks, 
Let's dig into what happened. We left off our last show talking about the emails. I'm sorry, the texts that were going back and forth between Peter Strzok, who was a senior official in the in the FBI, who was a lead investigator on the Hillary Clinton probe, and his mistress in the FBI, Lisa Page, who's a lawyer in the FBI, and they were talking about how they were they were they got they got to tread lightly on the Hillary Clinton. Uh, investigation because she could be the president. This is going back to February of 2016. You know, she could be the president. So we got to, we got to tread lightly. And so there was a bias there in fully following the facts and prosecuting her. We know that that also was the case uh, from the head of the DOJ, Little Lynch. We know he met with Bill Clinton on the tarmac with, and, you know, for 40 minutes in the plane. Um, th- this is right before they interviewed Hillary Clinton in July. We know that James Comey, the former head of the FBI, wrote her exoneration in April, even though he didn't publicly uh, come out till July uh, after the interview. So they, they hadn't even interviewed her till uh, late May, I believe it was, or early June. They exonerate, they're, they're writing the exoneration in, in, in April of 2016. Uh, and, and, and of course, we know in July of 2016, he comes out on TV and says, you know, after what seems like he was making a case for a, a criminal uh, violation. Oh, you know, there's no prosecutor that would that would prosecute her because there was no intent. We also know that they were reclassifying the uh, email scandal uh, instead of being grossly negligent. Um, it was reclassified in a lesser degree so that there was not a criminal statute. Because had they come out and said she was grossly negligent, that would have that would have actually uh, fulfilled the uh, condition of the statute that she was violating the u.s code and she would have she should have been charged and impaneled and indicted and charged and convicted so now let's fast forward because there's more information between uh peter struck and and lisa page uh, again i'll put the article here in our notes page we know that uh, on september 2nd 2016 page writes to struck and says listen Comey, we're pre- pre- prepping comey because, quote, the POTUS, Obama, wants to know everything we're doing. So clearly Obama lied to the American people. I talked about that on the last show, about the fact that there's no interference with the DOJ. The White House has this, you know, wall up, and, and, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, and of course he lied. We know that that's a fact. He lied. Now, we also know that Strzok and Page uh, had disdain for Trump and disdain for Republicans. Uh, for example, in one text, uh, Strzok and Page uh, r- wrote to each other, calling uh, Trump a uh, – and again, forgive me. I'm not trying to use a swear word. I'm just saying that this is this is the word effing idiot. Uh, that's all I'm going to say, but it, they call them that. Uh, they also – newly disclosed texts also show that Strzok called Virginians who voted against then FBI Deputy Director Andrew a- Andrew McCabe's wife, uh, ignorant hillbilly. So McCabe's, McCabe's wife was running for state senate in the state of Virginia. Uh, Terry McAuliffe, who was the governor, um, worked the, the DNC, gave her hundreds of thousands of dollars for her campaign. And this is Andrew McCabe's wife. Now remember, McCabe is investigating who? Hillary Clinton, the DNC, and... His wife is running for Senate, getting funded from the DNC, uh, and 
Strzok and Page are calling those who voted against Andrew McCabe's wife, quote, ignorant hillbillies. So this has been the attitude and the mentality, right? Okay, moving forward. Then comes this um, uh, exchange, okay, that we now move forward to September. On September, oh, actually, let me back up here. So uh, we know within these newly uncovered texts, it actually reveals a major discovery. The discovery of hundreds of thousands of emails on former Congressman Anthony Weiner's laptop. Now, remember, he is the husband. He was the husband of Huma Abedin, who was the right-hand Matahari, in my opinion, woman of Hillary Clinton while she was at the State Department, while she was Secretary of State. Uh, Huma Abedin has ties to the Saudi government, to the Muslim Brotherhood, to the Muslim Sisterhood. It's just bad news. Bad actors here. And uh, Wiener's laptop shows there's hundreds of thousands of emails ultimately leading to James Comey filing an infamous letter uh, to Congress just days before the 26th presidential election saying that they were reopening the Hillary Clinton investigation. Remember they had closed it June 20, June in 2016. Comey went on TV and said, it's, it's over. There's nothing here. Well, he temporarily opens it up. Of course, Clinton claims that cost her the election. Uh, now, here's the backstory, though. Uh, on September 28, 2016, Strzok wrote to Page and said, quote, got called up to Andy's earlier, and Andrew McCabe. Hundreds of thousands of emails turned over by Wiener's attorney to the Southern District of New York includes a ton of material from spouse, that obviously would be Huma Abedin, sending team up tomorrow to review, the, and then goes on to say, this will never end. Now, here's what's interesting. According to the Senate report, this text message raises questions about when the FBI officials learned of the emails relevant to the Hillary Clinton email investigation because it was not until October 28th, a full month later, that Comey informed Congress that there was, you know, due to recent developments, quote, the FBI was re reopening the Clinton investigation. So my question is, why did it take a month for him to get this information? Were there those like Andrew McCabe, who, by the way, has since resigned? As of January 31st, 2018, he resigned as the deputy director of the FBI. I believe in part of what uh, could be a cleaning house, which would be a good thing, but also because there could be uh, the inspector general report is supposed to be coming out, and the inspector general report has all this information and could indict him, which I pray would happen. Now, um, what's interesting, as I said, is that we don't know why this information wasn't revealed for a month. Very likely it was, again, suppressed because it was going to be bad news for Hillary Clinton right at the tail end of this, of this, of this campaign. So, you know, why was Comey informed, you know, that late in the game, October 27th, according to him, because he just he had he had said that he had just been briefed. In fact, this is his quote in connection with an unrelated case. The FBI has learned of the existence of emails that appear to be pertinent to the investigation. I am writing to inform you that the investigation team briefed me on this yesterday. Comey said at the time, the question becomes, why was Comey informed October 27th when these were discovered September 28th. Okay? Now, 
it gets worse. These text messages get worse. Now, folks, we're starting to get into the uh, Trump side. Okay, so that's the Hillary Clinton side. Now we're starting to get into the Trump side of this. The Trump side of this is that now, as it began to dawn on them that Trump was going to become president, and after the election, now they got to go to Plan B. Remember, Plan B was the so-called insurance policy that they had sent to each other in one of their texts between Strzok and Page. They talk about this insurance policy that they had just met with Andy McCabe and talked about this insurance policy. Remember, these are federal agents that are supposed to be on bias investigating crimes and and investigating without any prejudice, and they're talking about backup plans and secret societies and insurance policies and things like that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. A disgrace. A disgrace to law enforcement. I feel bad for friends that I have in the FBI. I feel bad for people in law enforcement, the, the, the boots on the ground who do, you know, day in and day out their job to protect our nation. This is not an indictment on them. This is an indictment on, on the upper level of, of the FBI. This is a disgrace for the previous administration. And I cry out to God for justice in this situation. So here's what other texts show us of the official opposition to Trump between Strzok and Page. On Election Day 2016, Strzok wrote, wrote, quote, Oh, my God. Again, forgive me. I'm just reading his quote, OMG. This is effing terrifying. Page replies to him, OMG. Oh, my God. I am so depressed. Then later that month, on November 13, 2016, this is after uh, election, president-elect, Page writes, quote, I bought all the president's men. Figure I need to brush up on Watergate. Let me read that one more time. On November 13, 2016, Page writes, I bought all the president's men. Figure I need to brush up on Watergate. Why are they talking about Watergate? What is the deal with Watergate? Now, remember, according to many, and I would agree, there was a two-prong approach. One was the collusion between the Obama administration, FBI, DOJ, to exonerate Clinton. And, of course, we know it it involved the, the actual DNC and Hillary Clinton campaign. And two was the backup plan, the insurance policy potentially, which I believe was the dossier, as many have said. I believe that that's the case. And I think the memos that were released by the House Intel Committee and the Senate Intel Committee prove that the dossier was the major uh, evidence presented in the FISA warrants to, 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 to spy on Carter Page, who was part of the you know Trump campaign, ultimately to spy on President Trump. By the way, do you remember in February of 2017 when President Trump tweeted that Trump Tower was being wiretapped and the media made fun of him and everybody laughed at him how many how many non-trumpers and christians out there probably laughed at him well guess what folks he was correct he was absolutely right because they had gotten a a fisa warrant uh illegally to trump to, to spy on carter page and any communication that carter page had which includes within the trump campaign that is probably how they came up with the information uh about uh Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn. So uh, let's let's read one part of this again. Why are they talking about Watergate? Why are they talking about the president's men? Because I think now it goes into part two. Hey, if we can't stop Trump from being president, which they failed at, then we got to be able to bring him down. We got to go to the insurance policy and we got to get him out of office. And so therefore, now let's go to the 
collusion and let's go to the framing part of our plan. That's what I believe happened. And that's why they're talking about Watergate. The next day, November 14th, Page writes, uh, quote, God, being here makes me angry. Lots of highfalutin national security talk. Meanwhile, we have our task ahead of us. So what is the task? What is the task, right? Remember, they've already exonerated Hillary. What is the task? Now the task is to frame Trump and to get him out of office, to impeach him. We don't know if that's what they meant. We don't know. But remember, Peter Strzok's text on August 15th, 2016, to Lisa Page, to talked about an insurance policy. Quote, an insurance policy. This is why, this is why, folks, there has to be a special prosecutor or a convening of a grand jury. Okay, now let's move on to the memo. Okay? Because uh, last... Monday, the uh, House Intel Committee and Congressman Devin Nunes from California, they released the House memo. And I want to read a a, a, a Twitter feed from President Trump. He said, uh, February 3rd, 2018, 6.40 in the morning. This memo totally vindicates, quote, Trump in probe, talking about the Russian probe. But the Russian witch hunt goes on and on. There was no collusion and there was no obstruction. The word now used because after one year of looking endlessly and finding nothing, collusion is dead. This is an American disgrace, exclamation point. That's what President Trump said about the memo that was released. Now, I will be putting in the notes page a link from docs.house.gov, which is a link to the House memo. I will also be putting a link in the notes page uh, to the uh, Senate memo released by, um, it's called the Grassley, um, who's the guy from South Carolina? Um, It'll come to me in a minute here, uh, Senator Grassley. And um, my goodness, why can't I? Oh, Lindsey Graham. Sorry, (laughs) Lindsey Graham. So Chuck Grassley Grassley from... uh, Iowa, chairman of the Committee on the Judiciary, and Lindsey Graham, who's the sub, uh, chairman of the, of the subcommittee on crime and terrorism, uh, send this letter to uh, Christopher, Christopher Ray, head of the FBI, and Rod Rosenstein, who's the deputy attorney general, but he's the one who is member now investigating the Russia collusion, quote-unquote, because Jeff Sessions recused himself, the attorney general, Current Attorney General recused himself. So in the memo, here's what we find out, right? We find out that initially in July of 2016, they the FBI goes, and the DOJ, I guess, goes before the FISA court to get a warrant to spy on the Trump campaign, specifically Carter Page, this guy that was a minimal person in the Trump campaign. Because Carter Page had gone to Russia with some uh, business deals and – I think back in 2013, he had set some journalist that he um, somehow represents, uh, you know, individuals in the Russian government on business deals. And because of that, the FBI supposedly had an eye on him. Uh, but we don't know what what came of it because he was never charged. He was never arrested. They just had an eye on him. 
But now we know that they actually spied on him based on falsified information. So fast forward in July 2016, when they go to the FISA court to get a warrant, they're denied. Now, this is the FISA court, which is which stands for, um, first of all, it's the Foreign Intelligence Services Act, FISA. This is the secret court that is supposed to be there to get warrants to spy on either American citizens or non-American citizens, but specifically tied to foreign entities, tied to terrorist groups. They're not supposed to be able to spy on American citizens within the nation for any reason, unless they can directly show that they have ties to a foreign entity. Now, the actual court is called FISC, the Foreign Intelligence Services Court. So FISA is the act, is the is the law, which was sadly just renewed again, and FISC is the court. So it it rarely denies these these warrant these applications for for a for warrant to surveil but it did now they go back on october 26 because there is now uh, involvement with a dossier with a memo and based on both the house intel memo and the senate memo we now know that the bulk of what was used for the fisa warrant was the dossier the steel dossier steel uh, Christopher Steele is the former British, MI6 British uh, intelligence officer who, catch this if you don't know this detail, was hired by Fusion GPS, a guy named James Simpson who worked for Fusion GPS. What is Fusion GPS? Fusion GPS is a opposition uh, company that gets opposition research on political candidates. Who hired Fusion GPS? The Clinton campaign and the DNC. That's fact. This is all fact, by the way, now, folks. They paid $9 million to Fusion GPS to get this opposition research on Trump. Fusion GPS, James Simpson, hires uh, Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele goes to Russia and meets with Russian agents, the Russian government, to supposedly get information on Donald Trump. He is then fed falsified information by the Russians, um, which goes into this this dossier and the dossier is then uh actually well let me take a step back uh uh steel was working for the fbi as an informant the fbi had paid him let me get the facts right here i believe it was a hundred and Hang on one second, folks. I'm actually going through, like I'm reading right now, the the memo. I have the four-page memo in front of me. Here we go. Steele was a longtime FBI source who was paid over $160,000 by the DNC and Clinton campaign via the law firm Perkins Coie. Now, Perkins Coie, for those of you in Washington State, it's in Seattle. It's a it's a it's a leftist law firm. It was it was representing the DNC. And they, they basically funnel money through this law firm to the research firm Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS again hires Christopher Steele. They take this dossier that they knew was unverified, and they take information that then Steele had in the fall of 2016 shared with various news sources: the Washington Times, New York, New York Times. Uh, and Yahoo groups, uh, and uh, the Yahoo News, uh, this guy Michael Isakoff. Again, this is all in the memo. 
And they take this before the Pfizer court in October. Remember, they were initially de- denied. And on October 21st, 2016, the DOJ and the FBI sought and received the Pfizer probable cause order authorizing electronic surveillance on Carter Page from the FISA court. Now, Page is a U.S. citizen. He had served as a volunteer for the Trump campaign. Uh, Consistent with the requirement under FISA, the application had to be first certified by, get this, the director or deputy director of the FBI. It also required approval of the attorney general, deputy attorney general, or a Senate-confirmed assistant attorney general for the National Security Division. So the FBI obtains one initial FISA warrant targeting Carter Page with this phony uh, uh, dossier and these news articles that then the news articles, the reason the news articles had the information is because Christopher Steele was feeding them this information, which, by the way, violated his contract with the FBI because the FBI had told him specifically, if you're working with us, you can't tell anybody you're working with us. You can't go to the media at all. He breaks that violation, which then... Uh, uh, the the second time they go back for the renewal of the FISA war because they actually renewed it three other times. So October 21 was the first one. They renew it three more times. And when they go back on the other three occasions, they don't tell the FISA court that Christopher Steele is no longer working for them because he breached and he violated and he um, you know, uh, shared this information with the media. They use that information to get this war, this FISA warrant in an illegal, unconstitutional ma- manner because not only was the, the dossier not verified, they didn't do their job, but they lied about the source of it, meaning they didn't say that the dossier came from the political campaign of, of Hillary Clinton. Remember, <laughs> think about this. This information is being fed to the FBI by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC and a Russia, and a former British spy who's getting information from the Russians to spy on a, a, a associate uh, of an incoming president. It is unbelievable, folks. And we got more of this. Let me give you one more fact before we got to go, and then we'll pick this up on part four. The FISA warrant was signed three times. Three FISA applications were signed by James Comey, then director of the FBI. One time it was signed by Deputy Director Andrew McCabe. Then it was also signed by... Uh, uh, Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates. Remember, she was fired by Trump. Then Acting Attorney General Dana Buente. And Deputy Acting Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. So the guy that hired Robert Mueller to investigate Trump and Trump and Russia collusion, the guy who is the current Deputy Attorney General, signed an unverified dossier, uh, 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 a, a, a warrant that was giving false information to the court of an unverified document. And the re- reason we know the FISA, that, that the dossier was the bulk of the warrant was because Andrew McCabe, the, de- the former deputy director of the FBI, said so. He said so in his behind-closed-door testimony before the House Intel Committee. F- folks, this is at the highest levels of our government. The FBI upper-ups, the DOJ upper-ups, and there's no way that the, the, the Obama administration, Obama did not know because he was being briefed on this. This is what we're going to get into in our next program. We're going to get into then the implications of this for our nation and, and more details about how this thing all just is now imploding. If we can't trust these entities that we have no law and order, we have no justice, and we go back to the Isaiah 59 situation that I brought up. Folks, please pray 
that God would continue to expose this information. Join us on part four of Obama Clinton Gate scandal. God bless you. We'll see you on the on the sh- on the show next time. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.